Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark in the hit TV show, Shark Tank. I'm also the inventor of the infomercial and an ass on TV. Dove is a special uh, entrepreneur. Uh, he does amazing podcasts, but he's also a speaker and a consultant. Hi, I'm Sal Sylvester. I'm the author of Unite, the four mindset shifts for senior leaders and founder of Coach Metrics. He's a thought leader in the field, fantastic author. He's got an amazing radio show. Hello there, my name is Brett Trapp. I'm a creative consultant living in Atlanta, Georgia. Also the creator of Blue Babies Pink. Uh, this guy has written books, has a successful podcast, uh, and is absolutely changing the game when it comes to leadership and leadership development. Hey guys, Cameron Brown here, founder of The Thriving Collective. I travel the world helping people make a greater impact. Dolph is uh, just an outstanding character, uh, high quality guy, authentic guy, uh, master on leadership. My name is Chris Stoikos, founder of thebeardclub.com. And I'd just like to say that Dove has a very, very unique approach to working with businesses. Hey, this is Derry Apjohn, as well as Davis, aka The Strategy Man. And if I'm going to describe Dove in three words, it's going to be courageous, deep, and conscious. And that's exactly what you need for leadership right now. Hey guys, this is Devon Harris, original member of the Jamaican Bobsled team, three-time Olympian, author, speaker, philanthropist, he is one of the most amazing guys you'll ever meet, an amazing interviewer, but at the same time, an amazing speaker. Hi, I'm Nate Regeer, CEO and co-founding partner of Next Element Consulting, a global leadership training company specializing in conflict communication. You know, the more I get to know Dov Barron, the more I admire his authenticity, his genuine commitment to something that I share deep in my heart, which is this notion of authentic communication. I'm Jared Nichols. I'm a futurist, executive advisor, host of the NSBA podcast, The Road Ahead, and also president of the Jared Nichols Group. Dov is uh, an outstanding thought leader when it comes to leadership and the traits and the qualities of leadership that are going to be necessary to succeed in the 21st century. Hey everybody, Coach Brew here, best-selling author of Stadium Status, taking your business to the big time. If I had to describe Dov in three words, it would be expertise, genuine, and heart-centered leader. I'm John Berga, the president of Flourishing Leadership Institute, where we enable communities and organizations. He has a finger on the pulse of what the future is asking for from leaders. Hey, this is Jordan Harbinger of the Art of Charm podcast. Dov Barron is a great host with insightful perspective. He understands what makes people tick, and he can get to the heart of the matter in an entertaining and educational and informational way. Hi, I'm Joshua Miller, and I am the author of the new book, I Call Bullshit, Live Your Life, Not Somebody Else's. Dov Barron, to me, when you talk about authentic leadership and cutting through the bullshit, there's nobody I would trust to go to than Dov Barron. Hello there, I'm Mike Glauser. I've been studying entrepreneurial leadership for more than 20 years. He really knows how to teach authentic leadership and that's one of the most important things today in leading organizations. Hi there, my name is Rick Barker. I am the founder of the Music Industry Blueprint. I help people navigate the music business. He had made me aware of some things that were quite visible, but were still hidden. I'm Tom Bilyeu, co-founder of Quest Nutrition and Impact Theory. Dov is absolutely amazing. I really enjoyed my time. A, he knows the guests before they come on, which is absolutely critical. But B, this guy, most importantly, has intensity, well thought out ideas, often counterintuitive, which is what 
makes him great. Hi, I'm Tim Sanders, author of the book Love is the Killer App, How to Win Business and Influence Friends. His perspective is laser sharp about the things that matter. Welcome. When you watch movies like the Jason Bourne movies, do you ever think, who are these people? I mean, are they real or are they completely fictitious? And if those characters are based on real people, where do they find them? How do they become that way? And more than that, do they ever transition out of that into any kind of a normal life? Well, on this episode, we're gonna get very curious about how someone can do that and then end up working in the world of sports and actually about making a difference in the world in a very positive way. My name is Dov Barron, I'm your host. And to find out more about me and how you could hire me, Dov Barron, as your speaker or strategist for your organization, simply go to fullmontyleadership.com forward slash consulting or fullmontyleadership.com forward slash speaking. My guest on this episode is Kevin Carroll. Kevin is the author of three highly successful books published by ESPN, Disney Press, and McGraw Hill. He has helped turn creative ideas into reality for organizations such as Nike, uh, Starbucks, Adidas, Walt Disney, Target, Procter & Gamble, Under Armour, Mattel, National Basketball Association, and many others. Kevin has dedicated his life to advancing education, sports, and play as a vehicle of social change and success. He was honored to address the United Nations as part of the UN Year of Sports and Development and Peace in 2005 and is ongoing advisor to active active supporter of many global social innovation um, organizations. Kevin was named by Success Magazine as one of the 19 seers of the world of changing world. He went from being a high school athletic trainer to college athletic trainer to the athletic trainer for the Philadelphia 76ers, which might be a basketball team, could be a football team, I have no idea, uh, in just five years. And oh, did I mention he speaks five languages? Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and help me welcome author of three highly successful books, including Rules of the Red Rubber Ball, Kevin Kells. Well done, well done, Dove. I appreciate that. You could be my hype man, my favorite man. Every woman you ever interact with is going to be playing. You're going to carry a little pocket device that will play that. that that's all I need, you. right? That's all I need. Dove on demand. Dove on demand. That's it, right? Hit that button. Oh, you want to know who I am? Boom. There you go. Right? There you go. That's it. Hold on. Exactly. <laughs> So, so let's start where we like to start this show is, Karen Carroll, what do you find yourself most curious about right now at this point wow. in your life? Wow. You know, one of the things I find just tremendously curious to me is this idea of how to make connections when there seems to be no connection with someone. Mm. And so I'm always looking for the humanity between me and someone else, right? And, and it's something that I, I revel in on the regular, just to be able to say more than a transactional hello with someone, let's say if I'm at the coffee shop and I'm getting my cortado, right? I wanna actually ask you, how are you doing? But I mean it. Mm-hmm. And so when I linger, that person notices that. 
that it's not in a passing way where a lot of people say, oh, how you doing, right? And they keep moving. I linger and that makes them pause. And I always get this quizzical like response back, like, oh, he means that. And then next thing you know, we have a conversation going. And so I've met some really interesting people who are in my day-to-day -day life, but I know them now. So when I go to a food cart to get my regular meal or whatever, or I go to the coffee shop, they know me and I know them. Mm. So we're having these wonderful exchanges. So I'm very curious about being able to lessen the degrees of separation between us as human beings. That is, that's fascinating. So you're, the real curiosity is how you can connect with people um, beyond the social niceties. Yes, and what's your story? Everybody right. has a story. Absolutely. Everyone has a story. And I think we, we lose sight of that. Mm -hmm. We lose sight of that, and that irks me. I don't, I don't know why others aren't behaving this way, but I've decided that will be my intention on a daily basis, is to connect with people on a human level, on a transformative level, not a transactional level. It's, it's interesting because um, my wife and I are going away this weekend. It's our anniversary and we're going, going away. And I was telling one of my clients, one of my high profile clients, that we were in the call, and my wife walked in. Uh, and I saying, he said, you know, what are you doing for your anniversary? I said, oh, my wife and I are going on a road trip. He's like, really? And I said, yeah. And he, he says, what, where to? So I was telling him. And he goes, well, how are you doing it? A, a, which car are you taking? I said, oh, well, it's some renting an RV. And he almost wet himself laughing, right? He goes, you're doing what? <laughs> you really? And I said, yeah. He goes, okay. He goes, Does, is your wife prepared for this? Like, and he knows my wife. And I said, yeah, why? And he goes, well, I could just see you pulling in for gas. And he said, and she's like, you know, can we get going? You've been 20 minutes talking to the guy at the gas station about what's going on and where he's at and who, you know, what, what motivates him. She goes, he goes, I don't think you'll get more than 40 miles. <laughs> so I totally get where you're coming from. Right, I'm right. It's like everybody's got a story. And what's more, it's not just a story. But if you go yeah. past the surface with them, you'll find out something tremendous about them, something amazing, something that's happened that's transformational in their life. So I, I love that because I definitely, you and I definitely have that in common. And I think that that is a, an increasingly rare thing. I think that we are now living in a world that's more and more on the surface. It's more and more, oh, well, look at my Instagram and look at my Facebook, but this is, that's not who you are. That's not the real you. That's a, a Polaroid, if you will. Mm, you know? mm, a snapshot, yes. It's a yeah. snapshot, right? It's a snapshot. And I can, I can orchestrate that snapshot. Mm -hmm. And that's what people do, right? Is yeah, they, they want you to see all the lovely and beautiful, but not the messy and the challenging. And yeah. that's also a part of you. And that's, what, that's part of your richness as a human being, right? Is that I we always want to deal with some things, right? Yeah, that's what makes us interesting. I mean, you know, otherwise, what are we? We're Stepford people. I mean, oh, come on, man. Cardboard cutouts, right? Yes, yes. And I'm not right? interested in that. At all. That's like boring. Yes, it's so, very boring. So, so with that, let let's go to this because one of the things that I, I, I know I've, God, I've interviewed thousands of people um, over the years, and I've interviewed some amazing human beings. 
And what I find is, this is so far, it's not true, but so far, everybody I've, interest, I've interviewed who's been highly successful went through extreme challenges. Um, I, I, and I've met people who were born into, you know, literally born silver spoon in their mouth, very, very wealthy, came from five, six, seven, ten generations of wealth and have gone through incredible struggle. And I've met people who are born in abject poverty. So it's not about that in that context, but they've gone through in a lot of struggle. And every one of them has in some way started out at some point in their life with this feeling of being what I call a freak, mm. an outsider. I don't fit in. Have you had that experience? Yeah, I think I've always had this notion when from my youth that something was different about me mm -hmm. and I saw things differently when I played sports I saw games differently than others but I didn't know how to articulate it to anyone it was always very difficult to find someone who would get it or not be judgmental of me or critical of me and when I did finally find that one person who was unconditional and really wanted to hear it was basically my Yoda, right? I found my Yoda and it was my best friend's mom. Oh, wow, that's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make this shit up. I was exactly. Dead, right? Yoda oh my God, that's so crazy. Do or do not, there is no try. And it's, it's, it's Yoda's got sunglasses on because he's cool. That's crazy. <laughs> so my mind is blown right now a little bit. Right now, <laughs> Because I, I wasn't really like, I was looking at your t-shirt, but not looking, looking. Exactly. So isn't that, and listen, look, that was not, that was an impromptu that I brought Absolutely. that up. So, yeah. And so I don't, I hopefully, I don't know if you'll be able to see her picture very well. Yeah, I can see it. So that's my Yoda. That's Miss Lane, my best friend's mom. I yeah. always, anytime I do interviews, she's always close by hmm. because my angel she's one of my angels and she's protecting me and as long as i feel protected i can do the good work i can fight the good fight and she was the person who understood when i would say miss lane miss lane i got this idea or i had this thought and she would say tell me and i never felt judged but when i was around other people i would literally um redact myself I wouldn't right. speak out. I wouldn't share so freely, but with her, I could fly my freak flag, right? I could share as freely as I wanted to. And it was amazing. And I think, you know, meeting her at nine years old and staying connected to her for nearly 50 years. Really? Wow. Yes. I'm still connected to the family. So I stayed connected to Miss Lane for 46 years. She passed away five years ago. Right. She was always there. So any wild, fanciful, whimsical, outrageous, crazy, whatever, troubled, I could sit and talk with Miss Lane and we could talk. And it was so magical. And I, I say to her, you know, physically and in my spiritual way that I'm the next you. <laughs> I'm that. I'm carrying on your legacy. When she was alive, I told her, I'm going to carry on your legacy. And then since her passing, I've been intentional about carrying on the legacy. I, I call myself the Ms. Lane 2.0, like the new iteration of her. <laughs> and I want to be that for others. But she was my Yoda, dude. That That's so amazing. I, I mean, I love that you have that shirt on. 
Come on, man. And this That's morning, over the went, top, you know, dude. This That's morning, over I, went, the top. I actually picked another T-shirt out and went, no, I, you know, uh, this is actually a gift from, from, from my daughter and my grandkids oh, because they know I'm a massive Yoda fan. Right, and so and they know my favorite color is purple, so they made wow. this for me. So how wow. cool is that? That's, That's very cool. Yeah, and Miss Lane's favorite color is purple. <laughs> there you go. So I'm trying to tell you, dude. Like she's here. She's here. She's here. Yeah. She's here. Yeah. So that. So I honestly, Dub, I think you're right. The the challenge for people who find themselves chosen, if you will right, or different or unique in some way or have a perspective that others don't understand, really need that person. <clears throat> yeah, and that, that's something that, that I think is so important that we've got to grasp for a minute here, and I want everybody listening to grasp, is there's nothing wrong with feeling like a freak. No. There's everything wrong with feeling like a freak and keeping it to yourself. Yes. And you've got to, and, and it's difficult because you're going to get this. But you gotta grasp that you've gotta be courageous enough to take your craziness, your freakiness, your weirdoness out there because somebody, somebody will get it. And when they get it, and, and you know, I had several people get it in my life, but they never got it for very long. Uh, meaning I, they either left or I left and went away. And there was a whole series of people and there was often gaps of 10 years where there was nobody until I got older. Um, but, I think you've, that I believe that that's your deep greatness. That, that's who you really are. That it's not your intellectual greatness, it's your deep greatness. And that if you don't share that, the world is robbed. Yes, yes, right? You're cheating people of that. You steal gift, right? from stealing. the world the gift yes. that you were given by the creative force of the universe, call it God, yes. call it what you want. Yes, yes. No, that's real, right? And I think you do a disservice. To humanity, if you don't show up with that, but also have the courage to lift your voice on behalf of it. Absolutely. Right? And I think you are spot on. You have to have courage. It takes you a lot. You have to have courage. It takes a lot. It's terrifying. Because mm -hmm. as soon as you realize you're not for everyone, right? That's yep. the thing. That's when you realize, oh, you don't feel what I'm doing here. Oh, so I'm good, right? Versus, well, let me convince you. You have to get to that place where you know you're not for everyone. Yeah, and, and as you said, you know, it becomes let me convince you or let me morph into what suits you, right? And both of those are death. Yes, you're, you lose a, you basically are diminishing your gift and talent, your shine, right? You're diminishing yeah. it, right? Your light. And that is not what we need from you. But once again, you got to go back to courage. You mm -hmm. have to go back to courage and you have to go back to the idea and the notion, I'm not for everyone and that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay, yeah. right? Because well, I'm going to find the people, the people that feel me, they're going to find me. I know they're going to find me, right. right? And I think you, when you were talking about people in your life that showed up or had been around for a length or whatever, I can remember when I would meet those people, and I would give them a little bit of me because I can overwhelm you and I can tell when I overwhelm someone, right? But when I notice you not overwhelmed, oh, dude, I'm going to see <laughs> what your, what, what, what is basically, do you have a, a capacity or can you just drink at the fire hose from me, right? Mm -hmm. And when I find those people, I keep you close. 
Right. I keep you close. Yeah. Those are important people. And I have, you know, a select few in my life that are that way. And we have long relationships and they move from being mentor and friend to a sponsor and advocate for me. Yeah. For, for me, I, I, you know, every, every night when I do my gratitudes, um, they are my family. Right. And I say that, you know, I say, you know, I have blood family that I'm very close to and I have blood family that I, you know, that, that's their life is mine's mine. It's okay. Um, but I have family that are no blood relatives to me. They were all my brothers and sisters um, who are advocates, as you said, um, and I always say they're advocates for my soul and I'm an advocate for their soul. Um, the, the soul work that we do that we're all, and, and I, you know, uh, I talked about this with our, with our common friend, Jamie. And I said, you know, one of my favorite songs, um, uh, I changed the, the, the title of the song, uh, and which is in the chorus. Um, and the song is called creep, but I changed mm -hmm. it to freak, right? Mm. I'm a freak. I'm a weirdo. Mm -hmm. What the hell am I doing here? It could have been my theme song as a kid mm -hmm. because I always felt like that. And, and the problem with that is that you can walk through life going, you're isolated by that. But if you look, walk through life going, hold on, that is what makes me a leader. And what's more is there are other freaks and that we are, we're, we're the, we're the family born into different families. And my job is to walk through life and look for my family members. Mm -hmm. And, I, and I, I believe that. My job is to, to, I mean, I get excited at the idea of walking through life and looking for family members. You know, I bumped into Jamie, our co-friend, and went, oh, I met another family member. You know, instantaneous. Jamie and I, like, you know, this is on weirdo. I love him, right? Yes. Uh, you yes. know, and it's that connection. You get it, and it's like, okay, that is... And I just said, I found that to be a common, common, common trait. But, and I want to go to this with you because of where I started with the intro. But the other side of it is, there's a dark side to that. That if you, if you are freaky, weirdo, different, there are people who will see that and will use that not particularly for good. And there are also people who will feel that way and feel drawn to the dark side. And I think we all do, by the way. Um, I th they feel drawn to the dark side because there is some specialness there. There is significance there. And it has some people buy guns and do all kinds of crazy shit. And it, I mean, I grew up in a ghetto. I was surrounded by violence and crime. And I was invited to be a, a cocaine dealer. And I was invited to be part of all these things. And uh, uh, my, my stepdad's best friend was a con man and said, Oh, you know, you're a good looking young man. And, uh, and you've got the gift, you know, why don't you come with us and Hey, try this ring on. And I try this ring and he goes, you like that? I go, yeah. He goes, yeah, it's lead, but I sell it as gold. And I'm like, damn, you know, <laughs> no, thank you. But was it compelling as a poor kid to get money and be part of that world? Yeah. So did you have that? Did you have that? You know, again, the dark side, did you have that pull to the dark side? Absolutely. And so growing up in our neighborhood, the key, right? So both my parents were addicts, abandoned me and my two brothers. My grandparents rescued us and raised us as best they could. And we grew up surrounded by affluence on the main line of Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. But we lived in the day help houses. 
the people who went and basically cleaned and cooked and took care of the estates and the children and everything. But I went to school with the offspring of architects and lawyers and wow. judges and doctors. I went to school with them. In my school of nearly 2,500 students, there were only 50 of color. And guess what? 40 of them came from our block. Right. And everybody knew your address. Hmm. So in my neighborhood, you were already basically, your journey was already dictated based on your address. Sure. So the school system already said, you're going to vocational school because look where your address is, you're going there and you're a kid of color. You had to push back and say, no, I'm college prep. Miss Lane made me do that because I right. was, I was thrilled to have half a day of school and still play ball. And Miss Lane said, no, you're college prep. Go back and tell the counselors. They're going to try to convince you that you're not because they did the same thing to me. Miss Lane grew up in the neighborhood. She said, wow. you tell them you can. But one of the other things was fitting in. And yeah. fitting in meant that I had grimy friends. I had friends that were, that were all about gaming people. So I wanted to fit in too. So I had these two worlds that I lived in. I was a very, very good, good student, a good athlete. But I was also down with my friends. Of course. Right? And I had a role. My role, because I was short and fast, was the lookout. And as the lookout, your role is if someone's coming, you got to get them to chase you so that we don't go down. That's your role, Kevin. And so I would tell people there is a big difference between running for a touchdown and running scared, bro. You could run a lot faster when you were scared. And so, <laughs> and so I, I knew my role. And so my friends would always, hey, we're getting ready to do this, break in and enter, rob some cars, get in some dorms at a college, whatever. I'm like, yeah, let's go, let's go. And one day, Gov, everything changed. It was the day before a game. And you had to be at practice. And right. I had a choice. My friends came and said, yo, we're getting ready to go hit these cars up at this university. We need you. I'm like, yeah, but it's the day before the game. Aren't you going to practice? He said, nah, man, we got this all planned out. We're doing this. I'm like, well, I'm going to practice. I want to play tomorrow. Fine, right. fine, fine. Go and do you. So I go. That day they got hemmed up. Wow. That day they hit a cop got chased, got caught, went to juvie, everything changed. I went to practice, played in the Still game over. the next day, right? But Dove, years later, I get a letter from Graterford Prison, which is a maximum security prison in Pennsylvania, from one of my friends who got caught up that day. He sees me on TV with the 76ers, sitting on the bench. He's watching from prison. Wow. Telling everybody in prison, that's my man right there. And he sends a note, we were like brothers. I still remember that day you said no to us. Really? And look what happened with you. You could be here, Kevin. And you made that decision and that one decision changed your trajectory. And you talk about those moments when your knees buckle a little bit. Sure. My knees buckled a little bit. I'm sure. I was, I was 35 years old then. Wow. And just looking at what could have been. Easily, Dove, because I was about connecting and belonging. It didn't matter. Like you said, I had smarts. I was brilliant, but I was diabolical mm -hmm. also, right? I had a side of me that I could do that. And so you said, 
hey, you can choose to use it for this or this. And I made a decision that day, but I've always kind of tethered that line, right? Because I've always known if I'm a weirdo, a freak, whatever, different, that I could always straddle, right? I could always, if I want to, and I'm, and I'm quicker than you are thinking wise. I know I am. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I am, right? And so I choose each day to toe the line a certain way. It's my choice. You understand what I'm saying? I do. And I think that that's why everybody I know who is one of us, one of the, one of the wacky family, loves Star Wars. Because yeah. it's such a great metaphor of Campbell's work, of Young's work, mm. around understanding the dark side of our own psyche. And, you know, and, you know, one of my favorite quotes that I use in every training I do is, is a Campbell quote that comes from Young's work that talks about that the treasure that you, that you most search for is hidden in the cave you're most afraid to venture into because in that cave, you will find you, the dark you, you must face that dragon. That is the one to face. And when, when Yoda sends Luke into the cave and he says, well, I meet Darth. And then he says, maybe. And he goes in and he does meet Darth. But when he pulls the helmet off, it's himself. It's his own darkness. And, and in every great uh, metaphorical story that is uh, of a hero's journey has that. And I think that we live in a society that's so either or. And I'm always bothered by that because that's not true. Martin Luther King, uh, you know, was my inspiration to be a speaker when I was 10. Mm. Martin Luther King was a horrendous womanizer. JFK was prob- maybe one of the greatest presidents, but he didn't mind a little bit of strange. Right? Um, That's real. You know, Gandhi was a wonderful father to India. He was a terrible father to his children. The, and, you know, Jesus turned over the tables in the temple, lost his temper. Moses murdered an Egyptian. David shagged Bathsheba and got rid of her husband. I mean, you know, and I, these stories for me are so powerful because they show this other side and that there's always that choice. But we live in this world where we say, no, no, I'm a good guy. And I am like, I am so don't trust a good guy. I don't mm. trust the person who's always been good. I don't mm. trust that evangelical minister who has never sinned and is always talking about the grace of God. And then you find out he's snorting cocaine, the cheeks of the ass of a prostitute. Yeah. Yeah. um, No, no, no. um, You know, for me, I'm like, okay, good. I'm glad that happened because maybe the congregation will wake up, not to to him being a bad guy, but to wake up that that, that, that part of us is natural. Yes. And there's, there's a, a great choice quote. every day. Yeah, there's a great quote. Don't judge me because I sin differently than you. There you go. Right? And that for me is but, just... But, but we're all doing it, right? It's part of it, right? We're all doing it. But it also creates the full you, right? It gives the full you. It That's gives the part depth. Of it. it gives the, the texture. Depth. It gives yes. the taste. It's it. all part of that, right? And I think yeah. for people to understand that that... Hey, don't get it twisted. I still got a bit of that in me, right? And so my radar will go up real quick, mm-hmm. right? I, and you understand this too, because you've been around a lot of people like that, right? That are about a game, about getting over, and you yep. can read that. And I'm glad I went through that. I'm yep. glad I understand that. And I'm glad I can read people and I can 
very, very gracefully dismiss you and keep it moving. Because I know, I, I know exactly who you are. Yeah. Right? And, and, and it's fine. And I think you're absolutely right, though. People who are in this absolute, I've always been, come on, dude. Don't even try it. Don't even go there. Don't even go there, right? You're just not willing to share and be vulnerable. Yeah, and that's why to be transparent, right? And that's why actually, that's why I like the other side of the work too. So I've worked with neo Nazis and people like that because I see the other side. I go, well, if you're on the dark side, there's light in you. Oh, there is. (laughs) And so, so my friend runs now a, a group called Life After Hate. He was the head of war, white Aryan race. Mm. Uh, he took the he took the uh, he took uh, took the BC government to the Supreme Court in Canada, and he was on Montel. And the only show that Montel ever walked off was Tony's show. Oh, wow. and Tony is now an advocate for getting people out of hate groups. And he's wow. you know he and I spoke at the UN together. He's an amazing guy. Wow. His new book is coming out. It's he's he's, he's a wonderful man, but. You know, he lived in the dark side. Yes. And I knew if you are living in the dark side, there is incredible light in you. Yes. Right? And it's the same thing. If you if you only let people see the light, there is such deep darkness in you. Yes. You're right. not addressed. And if you address it, mm. you'll be even brighter. Yes. That's the, that's the well big. said. Well said. If you would, if you have the courage to address it.